Blog Talk Radio. It's Saturday, September 12, 2015, and you're tuned in to another edition of The Misty Show, where your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and joining us once again is my co-hostess with the mostest, Dee. How you doing, buddy? I don't know if I have mostest today. I have maybe most. <laughs> maybe more. This is not mostest. <laughs> Well, we'll take more. We'll take most and more. You're here. I'm here. I'm here. Hey, Jay, how you doing today? I'm good. We're back. We're back. We had a little time off. We're back. Happy mm-hmm. post-Labor Day to everybody. Yeah, happy post-Labor Day. We hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. We took us a little week break, and now we're back. And you know what? I'm loving this dreary, overcast day. Isn't it a wonderful day? I mean, I swear we should live in, like, London or something because <laughs> I was so excited when I heard the rain this morning. I only like it when it's like, you know, you don't have anywhere to be. And I heard the rain, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then when I got up and went and looked outside, it was, like, gray and kind of misty and kind of wet and dreary. And I was like, yeah, this is a great day. <laughs> I love it. I love days like this. Me too. And, you know, it's looking more and more like fall time. And as I mentioned, the temp is supposed to be dropping later tonight. So I'm so excited. I know it's probably not going to last. We'll probably go back up to, like, 90. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm ready for, you know, I've been ready for fall, Jay. I've been ready for fall. I was talking about fall in July. I was just like, bring on fall. We both were. We both were. And and you know what? Now we're close because I, I think it's, what, September 23rd? So I think we're, like, maybe just, like, two weeks away now or something. I know. Maybe it's less funny. than two weeks away. You know, football is on. Football's going on. The games are here. I'm just ready for, you know, I'm going to miss my flip-flops because Lord knows I love those. But um, I'm ready for boots and I'm ready for cake coats and I'm ready for scarves and I'm ready for warm fuzzy sweaters and you know nice warm house when you walk in, out of the cold outside and walk into your home and it's warm and cozy and it's, you smell cooking stuff and I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready for fall it's my one of my favorite seasons it's probably my favorite one it's probably my favorite season and then spring after that but I'm ready for fall you know what? I I don't even know if I should say this, and guys, don't laugh at me, and D, don't laugh at me, but I actually have my um glitter pumpkin plugged in. Right now. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Bring it on. Make it happen, Jay. Make it happen. You know what? Do it. <laughs> Put up some pumpkins. I hope we got the square the scarecrows today. You know, like the little scarecrows you can stick in your yard. Yeah. I'm ready to make it. I'm ready for because, you know, fall has all my favorite colors. You know, the burnt oranges and the deep reds and greens and brown. And so I'm ready for all those colors to come and leaves to change. And I'm ready to see people with the pumpkins on their front yards and the, the, the scarecrows. And I'm ready for it. Light up your pumpkin, Jay. Light up your pumpkin. 
Well, I'm sitting here looking at it right now, and, and really I was just plugging it in to sort of test it because some, a lot of the lights are out on it in the back. I got it from Michael's, so I'm probably going to have to go to Michael's and get me some more, um, even though that makes me really happy. I know. Probably that's more happy than I need to be. That's your, that's your, for, no one who, who, for anyone who doesn't know the listeners out there, <laughs> God bless her, but when she goes, you have to see her face when she goes into Michael's craft store because it's like she's a kid in a candy store. That happens to me when I go in the shoe department. But for Jay, it's, it's Michael's craft store. She becomes, she just becomes all happy and giddy, and, and it's just like, it's Willy Wonka, only it's Jay Wonka and the, the craft factory. <laughs> That's me. I like Michael's and Hobby Lobby and all those types of places. And I, I have my fall wreath on my door now, but I'm looking okay. to make improvements, so I think I want to make another one. But, okay. That's for another topic. I'm going to stop because this whole show will become about fall, and we'll forget the little animals. We love fall, so don't get us started. We'll do another show on fall topics one day. Yeah, because you know um, October's next month, so we have to come up with our um, pet spectacular episodes for this year. So we have to brainstorm, so me and Dee are going to have to have a powwow coming up soon and come up with those episodes for October. So hope you guys are looking forward to that. I know we are. But, okay, I'm going to zip it now about that. We'll put that on the shelf. Um, As mentioned in yesterday's blog entry, we didn't get a chance to do um, a pet trivia question for this week or a featured pet blog entry. But um, we'll be sure to do both of those for this next upcoming week. So be sure to check out the blog. And we'll have a um, pet trivia question for this upcoming Friday, and the featured pet will be sometime a little bit before that. Okay, today's topic is vet visits, how often is enough? But before we get off into that, we want to make sure we give out the call-in number for those of you wanting to join in the conversation. That number is 347-838-8313. Or you can listen later in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's authority. Links from information used in today's show can be found on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash nissy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash show. Okay, on to today's topic, vet visits. How often is enough? How often is enough? You know, remembering my little boo bear, my little boo bear, you know, and just, I know I've said this many, many times, and I'll probably say it again many, many times. When we were expecting, because there was a baby coming, you know, I literally pretty much just went into receiving mode, and that was one of the things, because he was a rescue puppy. And he was a rescue puppy that came from the country. And he literally, they lived, his siblings and he lived under, I think they were found, they were under a house in the dirt. So they lived in the dirt pretty much for, you know, a large majority of their life. And when we got him, he, you know, of course you want to, the first thing you think about is, is, okay, we need to start him on his medication, all this, and what do you do, and whatever, and blah, blah, blah. So I did all this research. And they were saying, you know, you take them to the vet for their first visit. And, of course, we took him to the vet, and bless his little heart, he was, because he lived in the dirt, he was so full of worms. He, 
<laughs> and they gave him medicine. They gave him medicine, and he started passing the worms, and it was just like spaghetti. <laughs> but you know, that was one of the first things that you kind of consider when you get a pet, or you you know whatever you want to. Just like we have a baby, you know, just like we have a baby, you 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 have to start taking them to the doctor. You have to start taking them and get the checkup checkup and everything. So you have to think about. How often? When is the first visit? When does that happen? How often should you take them? What happens when you're there? So those are the things we're going to talk about. And I found a great website, Jay, that actually said um, a lot of stuff. We kind of broke it down from when they were from a kitten to a puppy and then when they got to adult stage until they actually went into seniorhood about how often, you know, you should start taking them to the vet and things. Okay. It was WebMD, and they gave some great information. They started off, and they were saying that, like a kitten or a puppy, from birth to one year, you need to bring your kitten or puppy in for vaccines for three for every three to four weeks until they're about 16 weeks old, which is so true because that's kind of how we went in with Boomer. You know, we kind of would go, you know, every every month pretty much taking them in for shots and vaccinations. They said that dogs will get distemper parvo and rabies boosters, and they may also be vaccinated against um, health loads such as kennel cough, and that was a big thing. Cats are tested for feline leukemia and feline immunodeficiency virus, <laughs> and they get vaccines that cover several other diseases. Um, I remember they tested Misty for that. Did they? Yeah, they mm-hmm. get all kinds of poor little boomer. His little eyes, when they were doing, he was just like, what are they doing to me? But, um, yeah, um, they talked about the cats and the feline leukemia and the, the feline immunodeficiency virus and other vaccines that they get. They said at this stage your pet will also start heartworm and pre-tick prevention medications, which that was so true. And the vet will check to make sure that he or she is growing well and shows no sign of illness. And then she'll check again around six months when you bring your pet back in to be spayed or neutered, which it was just like clockwork for Boomer. Then adulthood, which is about one to 17 years, depending on the type of pet and the breed. During this stage, vets recommend yearly checkups in which the doc gives your pet a head, head, tail physical, which is right on money with Boomer. They'll also take blood samples from your dog or your cat to check for heartworms, or I guess your dog. And cats are normally not tested because the um, tests are hard. The test. The tests are hard to interpret. The vet may recommend other tests based on any problems your pet has or anything unusual that she sees during the exam. Your pet will get this type of problem and rabies booster shots during the first yearly checkup, then usually every three years after that. And the frequency of the rabies boosters depends on the on your state law. Um, your dog may get other vaccines to prevent illnesses like kennel cough, and outdoor cats should get the feline leukemia vaccine. Um, it's helpful to bring in a stool sample from your pet because the vet will check it for intestinal parasites, and that's something we did for Google once because he just we were trying to go to the vet, which was so crazy because we were trying to go to the vet, and I was like, oh, I forgot, I got to get a stool sample. And so usually it's first thing in the morning, so he was out doing his stuff, and so I was kind of following him around saying, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Give it up, give it up. We gotta take this in and he was like, What are you doing? So you have to get your little bag and get your stool sample and take it in. It's very lovely. And then when your animal gets to be seniorhood, which is seven to ten years old or older, 
The vet suggests twice yearly checkups for your older pets. Your cat or your dog will get vaccinated when needed and will get a thorough physical along with tests to show to follow up on any problems. Blood and urine tests can give your vet the, the scoop on your pet's um, kidney health, thyroid hormone levels, and much more. Tell your vet about any changes you've seen in your pet, and if, for example, your cat is drinking more water or your dog is no longer excited by his daily walk, these can be signs of a new problem such as kidney disease or arthritis. So these are just kind of like a little stage kind of a thing, yearly stages to how often and, and when and what you're going to, what the vet's going to be looking for when they take, when you take your animal in. Yeah, the, I I ran across that article too, and that's good, and I like the way that they actually break it down, you know, yes. according to the pet's age. Um, I ran across one. Um, a lot of the research that I found, they kind of were pretty much saying the same thing, but I thought this one was interesting. Um, it's entitled, How Often Do I Really Need to Take My Animal Friend to the Vet? Um, and it was posted by Dr. Barry Kipperman, Um and I thought this was interesting um, how he was talking about some of the reasons that people don't take their animals to the vet, um, including cost. That's one of the big ones. Um, also, people don't want to take off work. You know, sometimes you have certain occupations where it's harder to take off. And then he was saying, let's face it, it can also be a hassle transporting some animals from your home to the vet's office. And, of course, he has to especially point out cats. And that is true. <laughs> Because yes. I, I can remember trying to take Missy to the vet, and, you know, that wasn't always the most experience trying to get her, you know, in the, her little carrier. So, yes. You know, I ran across an article, and that's so true because God bless Boomer when we first, you know, as a puppy, it's, you know, you pick him up and you put him in the car and you're gone. So it's not, there's not much you got to do. But once he gets to that stage where he can drive, where he thinks he can drive, <laughs> tell you. <laughs> Because he was, you know, sometimes we would try to put him in the little kennel thing, and, and that would work. But for the most part, we he enjoyed riding in the car, so we would kind of let him, the back area of my truck was his area. And so he wanted the window. We tried to, he never got, you know how the dogs stick their heads out the window? He never got that. He never understood that concept. It just, it didn't click with him. Bless his heart, he never got it. He just never wow. got it. He never, he tried it. He would try it, but he was just like, it's just not working. <laughs> this is too much wind. No, we're not doing it. It's messing up my hair. I can't do it. It's just, you know, so he would just rather just either want to drive or he would just want to, like, be in the front. He wanted to, the passenger seat was his seat, you know. It's like if I'm in the back and somebody's in the passenger, he's just like, well, you have to move because that's my seat. So I ran across an article where it says, um, and it's, 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 from the American Veterinary Medical Foundation, and it's 10 things you can do to make veterinary visits better for everyone. <laughs> and what you were saying about as far as, you know, you have trouble uh, getting Missy, did you, did you say you put her in a carrier or, or you or you tried to put her in a carrier? Yeah, we would eventually get her in there, but it would just take holy heck sometimes because after a while she learned to associate that carrier was going on a car trip, which usually meant we were taking her to the vet, and Missy didn't really like car trips. She mm -hmm. hated car trips. Um, she would kind of get um, motion sickness, and there were a couple of times she would get sick when we would take her places in the car. So that wasn't a happy thing for her to have to get in the pet carrier. Oh, this article said the very first thing they said is get um, accustomed Get your pet accustomed to its carrier and traveling in the car. So that's, like, number one on their list of things you want to do, and that's so true. Well, with Boomer, 
it was no problem because he just knew when we were getting ready to go to the vet or when we were getting ready, he was getting ready to go somewhere. He picked up on the steps, I don't know, but if he saw those keys and I put my purse up on early morning, he looked at me, he was like, yes, I heard a board for a ride in the car. We're going for a car ride. So he, so he never he never negatively associated, had an association with going to the vet. He didn't dislike going. He never disliked. He, 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 it was the thing of, okay, we're going in the car. So it was like, okay, we're going in the car and get ready to go in the car. But then when we pull up in the vet, he would get in there and he would be like, okay, hello, everybody. How are you? Let me sniff some butt. <laughs> Let me do that. And then once we sat down and did it, was sitting and he was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. This is the place where I go in the room and they start sticking things in me. Oh, I want to leave. And so he wanted to be where he's like, okay, I want to go. No, I don't want any part of this. It was not. He wanted the pre. He was all up for the pre. But once you got through the whole thing of it and he realized, hey, wait a minute, this is that place, he was ready to go. He was like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to. So there were lots of times where the door would open and they would call for Boomer and we would go and he would be, you would have to, that scene where you see the dog being drugged into the room. Yes. <laughs> pushed from the back. That was us. It was like, come. <laughs> and she was like, no. So, yeah, and then when we get in there, he would become like a puppy again, and he would want to just get in my lap or hide behind me. It was anything he could do. He just was like, I don't, I know they get ready to do things to me, Mommy. Please don't let them do things to me. So he was all for it until he realized what the whole thing was about. And he was like, oh, and he would forget every time, I think. It would just be like, oh, no, wait. <laughs> this is why they stick things in me. But, um, he was to bless his little heart. He, I love him. I love that dog. They also say that if your veterinarian doesn't already have your pet's medical records, say if you're, like, transferring from, like, you move to somewhere else, so when you move, you have to get new doctors, and you also have to get a new veterinarian. So you might want to try to get your medical records um, uh, transferred from your other vet to the new vet, and that will kind of, like, save some time and try to do that ahead of time, you know. I'll bring them with you, with you or send a fax or something to that effect. They also say you want to arrive maybe a few minutes early, which I would always say do that because Boomer would always have some issues where he would get so nervous where we would be out in the, yard, in the front of the building taking some potty breaks and some pee breaks and trying to get him calmed down, especially if it's the first visit. Um, unless your children, and this is another thing, unless you're, if you want to bring your kids, that's fine, but unless they can sit quietly without distracting or interfering with the, the vet. Um, ability to examine your pet, they say it's probably a good idea to kind of leave them at home. I mean, it's good mm-hmm. sometimes to bring them, but I've also witnessed where, like, we've been in there and there were, like, little kids, and they just, you know, they, they some of the dogs, some of the animals are kind of already nervous, and so if you have them running around, they're just making it even worse. So, and sometimes when we're just like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't handle this. Um, they also say turn your cell phone off, which is a given, because you want to just focus on what's going on. Um, know what medications your pet's receiving as well as how much and how often you want to make sure that you, you know, have that information ready for the vet. The vet. Uh, share your observations and your concerns. With me, what I would do when I first, because you would have thought that, because I know they thought I was crazy, but it was just, I was a pet mom and I was taking it seriously. When we first got there, I, the night before, just kind of took out a notepad and a journal and just wrote down all the questions I wanted to know. I, you know, we had dogs before, but this was the first time we ever had a, from a, you know, a baby to 
uh, an adult dog. So I was I had like a list of questions, and I would say to anybody, no question is a stupid question. Anything you have a question about, write it down and ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next que- the next one is ask questions and ask them until you understand. And that, that's what I would do. And I know the poor vet. We had a great vet, Doctor Barr. We love you. Um. He was great because he would just entertain every question I had. And, if you know, if, if he was, when we was doing something, I was like, I said, it just doesn't seem right. I would come in and I asked a question. I'm like, okay, so is this normal? Is this not normal? And he would, you know, take the time and explain it. And if I didn't understand, I was like, I don't even understand what to say right now. And he would go in and explain. So ask questions, any questions, until you get a good understanding. Ask for any kind of handouts or brochures they might have. And just follow what your vet says. You know, and 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 look for information on the internet and things of that nature. So those are just kind of ten things that they say that you could do to make your veterinarian visit a little bit better. And you know, another thing, D, I just thought about. Um, some another way you should ask questions is before you even go in there. If you're going in for something specific like flea treatment or just whatever it is, you may want to even call around to different vets and just ask them ahead of time what their prices are because yeah. sometimes there would be certain procedures or certain things we'd be taking this in for, you know, until we found the vet that we really like. And, you know, I would just call ahead of time and just find out how much their services were because you don't want to get there and be surprised. So, exactly. you know, just make sure you call ahead of time. Exactly, because, you know, a lot of the a lot of the cost, and that was another thing, Jay, that's such a great point. The vet visits can be expensive. <laughs> they can be expensive because I know when we when we first took, you know, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't even think about. I didn't even think about that when we were there because I was just like, you know, taking them in, and, and that stuff can add up. That you know, that can add up. And and you get that when you're done with everything, and they're like, okay, well, he needs this, and you're like, well, okay, he needs it. and he needs this, and he needs this, and he needs his supplements, and he needs, you know, we're gonna clip. We'll get the toenails clipped, and we'll get, you know, this. And so when they start running that little bill up, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, yeah, I want to say Missy's, and, and she was just a little bitty something. She was just a couple of weeks old, and I want to say we walked out of there having a $350 or $400 vet bill. That was it. When I first vet visited, it was it was up there because, we, he, you know, he got all of his little shots and vaccinations and all of his other stuff and then they give you supplements and then they're doing all kinds of little tests while you're in there and each one of them has a cost labeled on it and then you have just the initial office visit that's in there you know and I found this website petcarerx.com and they said the average cost and this is just average I don't know if this is set for everywhere but the average cost is between forty five to fifty five dollars just for the for the vet visit just just to go to the vet mm-hmm. <laughs> there. You know, and then you've got your heartworm, which is maybe between forty-five and fifty dollars, and you've got your vaccine boosters, which is kind of like between eighteen to twenty-five dollars. That fecal exam, because that they're going to do it for the dogs anyway, that's between twenty-five and forty-five dollars. And then you've got your additional stuff, which is you know, if the dog is older, you have your geriatric screenings and and all these different things, which can between be between eighty-five and one hundred and ten dollars. And then if you want to do preventive maintenance, like dental cleaning, that could be 70 to $400, depending on, you know, the dogs or the cats or whatever you do. And then you have allergy, because Boomer had allergies. So he, they had to do allergy testing on him. He had allergies and different things. So when they did that allergy test, it was like, you know, 
maybe a hundred and something dollars for for him, and they say they can run between two hundred and three hundred thousand. So, you know, just kind of call ahead if you don't want to be surprised, um, and just kind of see okay what's going to be going on at this visit and what are the costs and what are the prices, so you can kind of kind of gauge what what's going to be happening once you're done with everything and what that that final bill total is going to be because they can those you know each individual thing is is is, is you know we have to pay for it so. Yes, uh, don't I remember because Missy had fleas because my niece had found her at a daycare, so she'd been, you know, out outdoors for quite a while on her own. Um, and then we had to take her to get that handled. Then, of course, like you mentioned before, they had to test her for the feline leukemia. That caused something for that test, and they had to test her for the feline immunodeficiency virus because it was one of those two that they were telling us that if she had that, it almost wouldn't even be, it's like she wouldn't really live very long or her quality of life wouldn't be really well. So thank goodness she was negative on both of those. But, yeah, all of that added up. So I remember that well. So, yeah, definitely just make sure you are financially prepared, you know, to take your animal in to the vet. Of course, if something is wrong, you know, you want to take them anyway. But just go ahead and try to call ahead of time and find out how much those tests are going to cost. Yeah, because it, it, they, can, they can add up and if there's something and with you know, and then you get the like for Boomer, he he um, starts to develop joint problems and, and arthritis and different things like that. So we would uh, buy the supplement there, and and there was this supplement, it was a great supplement, and it helped him a lot. But a tub of those like it came in these little chewy, beefy things, but it was for the joints and things. Um, they were seventy five dollars. Oh, and, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were super fantastic, and he loved them, but it was like, okay, uh, hmm, this is the, you know, you kind of have to, you know, I would say if, if you're, if you're going to get a pet, especially if it's a new pet or what have you, kind of do a pet fund prior to it. I would, you know, just try to, you know, save up some money and, and maybe visit the vet that you're thinking about taking that animal to so you can go in and talk to them and just say, hey, or call them and say, I'm going to be bringing what are the different things that you're going to be doing for this initial vet thing, like we said before, and, and, and just kind of gauge it because it can get expensive. It can get very expensive, trust me. Yes, that, that can add up. And, um, you know, they have to get their vaccinations, but I was going to read this uh, quickly. Um, I thought this was interesting on that same article that I mentioned. Um, this person was saying, although vaccinations have protected dogs and cats from fatal diseases such as parvovirus and rabies, it's become clearer over the past 15 years that vaccinations can have potentially harmful consequences, including inducing malignant tumors of the skin in cats um, called vac- vaccine-associated sarcomas and overstimulating the immune system, possibly resulting in allergic disorders, some of which can be very serious. Um, and he was saying, as our knowledge of the negative consequences of vaccines has expanded, veterinarians are reducing the frequency and number of vaccines we administer rather than a one-size-fits-all approach. We are tailoring our recommendations to the individual animal's level of exposure. So indoor animals with minimal exposure to other animals should be vaccinated less often than animals relegated to outdoors. So I thought that was interesting. So, you know... A lot of that will depend on the age of your animal and, like like they were saying, whether they're an indoor pet versus an outdoor pet. I think we covered some of that when we did our show about vac- vaccinations, like the pros yeah. and cons. Yeah, 